This is the Opening Market Podcast for Wednesday on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Mark Magnuson. Joined today by Jim McCormick of agmarket.net for our opening market analysis. Jim, what are we seeing taking place in the grains? Hey, good morning. We are seeing a little bit of weakness in the overnight market. Um, Corn was down four, beans down 10, wheat down 10. I think a lot of this can be attributed to what was going on in Argentina. The new Argentina president came in. He said he was going to do some hard austerity measures, and he is doing it right now. Their economy so far hasn't crashed or anything like that, but it's going to be tough. But the big headline yesterday was he cut the rate of the peso in half. You know, when you drop your currency, it does make you a little bit more competitive on the export side of the situation. And I think that's why the market kind of knee-jerk was a little bit negative. But the reality is they don't have a lot of grain to sell at the moment due to the drought they had last year. So this is a ramification that's probably going to be more long-term potential than short-term. But the no doubt about it, we had kind of a bearish knee-jerk reaction to the initial announcement. Jim, switching a little bit of topics here, I know you mentioned or I know that we've talked a lot about wheat recently. Why has wheat been driving the marketplace and kind of bringing some of the other commodities up with it as well? Well, the big thing was China purchases, plain and simple. China came in and has bought a lot of wheat. Traditionally, they've been buying wheat from Australia recently. They've come in and bought a lot of our soft red wheat. That's the Chicago market. You might notice, Mark, that's the one that's been leading us up. They're buying it, we believe, for a couple reasons. Um, for one, they're using it as a food. But the other thing, they're using it as a feed, at, you know, as a way to feed livestock. Um, their wheat production was down quite dramatically. If not down, the quality was down dramatically due to a lot of flooding this last year in their growth cycle. So they're using the U.S. wheat to fill that void. The market surged. We had one heck of a rally. We have pulled back recently because even though the announced sales of the wheat were just kind of in the last week, week and a half, some of those purchases they were saying happened when the prices were a little bit lower. So they're argumentative. the argument is excuse me, that maybe we need to pull back down to get then another round of Chinese buying of the wheat. You always have a close eye on the weather, and especially in South America, we've been keeping a close eye on that. What is the latest in Brazil? Well, the latest in Brazil is this Groundhog Day. It is the same forecast as what we've seen the next four or five days. Not a lot of rain out there. There is some scattered rain. Mind you, it is a big country. It is a big state. Mato Grosso, that is a state everyone's watching. It is the biggest bean-growing state of the of Brazil. It is bigger than the size of Texas, so you need to keep that in mind. But in general, the rain is scattered here the next week or so. But then you get into the long-range maps that keep trying to pull rain forward, saying, hey, as we get into next week, that rain's going to show. Kind of like deja vu like we saw back in June in the U.S. Now the real question is, does that rain pull forward? If it does not pull forward, I think you're really going to see people get nervous about the size of that Brazilian crop. The, you know, the size of crop estimates are going down, but not enough to offset, you know, offset a good Argentina crop. But if they keep missing these rains through the end of December, it is going to be something the market's going to have to reconcile with and more than likely move higher. Let's go over to the other side of the ag marketplace in the protein complex. Well, the cattle market rebounded for the third day in a row. We were you know, quite a bit off the low score just three or four days ago. That's good to see. We are at some technical resistance. We managed to close just a shade above the 10-day moving average and off the swing low made on November 27th. I think technically that's a good sign. But, you know, what I'm looking at long-term is the moving averages, the 10-day moving average and the 20-day moving average. In general, this whole downtrend market, they've been selling against the 10-day aggressively, and every time they've got through the 10-day, they definitely sold against the 20-day. So those are the two moving averages you need to watch for this market to essentially say maybe – 
the tide is turned. The 10 days right roughly at 167.87, the 20 days about 171.35. So those are the numbers you'll be watching today. And what's the story in the hog market? Right now, the hog market is just consolidating. Um, the biggest problem the hog market's got is we just have too much pork, not just in the United States, but in the world right now. China's had a huge problem. They ramped up their production coming out of COVID. They did not get the economic rebound they thought they were going to have. Their hog prices have collapsed in general. And that's putting downward pressure, not just in the Chinese market, but in the U.S. market as well. We need to clean up this supply situation. It should be cleaned up hopefully sooner than later. And then that demand will buy this weak pricing and allow this hog market to rally as we go into 2024. We know that when people have more cash on hand, they're more likely to buy protein. Jim, did we learn anything in the latest consumer price index data that would tell us anything about where that might be headed? Well, right now, I think what you're just looking at, right, you know, is you look at the inflation, it continues to come down in general. The big number we're all going to look at right now is probably the Fed today. The Fed makes its decisions. They're going to raise interest rates today or what they're going to do. No one's expecting to raise rates. Um, we'll see. The real question is, where do we go into 2024? Some economists think that the Fed will actually start cutting rates going into 2024. If they would start doing that, that would hopefully have a positive sign for the economy. You know, get people to say, hey, interest rates are getting cheaper. I can afford to go out to eat. I can afford to maybe buy those bigger aspects and keep that economy going. So it's something we need to watch. Jim McCormick of agmarket.net, our guest here today. Jim, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch and to get even more great marketing information? Um, you can reach me directly at 815-665-0461. Reach any of the Ag Market team, team members at 844-424-6758. Or better yet, go to agmarket.net. You can sign up for our conference. It's coming up in the early part of February there as well. Jim McCormick, agmarket.net. Thanks so much for the time as always, and have a great rest of your day. Thanks for having me on. That was Jim McCormick with agmarket.net. It is time now for a check of the numbers. March corn down six and a quarter at 479 even. January soybeans down 15 and a quarter at 1308 and a half. January soybean meal down nine dollars and twenty cents at 401.10. January soybean oil down six cents at 50.36. Chicago wheat down 12 and three quarters at 612 and three quarters. Minneapolis wheat down 11 and three quarters at 717 and three quarters. Kansas City hard red wheat down 14 and a half at 642 and a quarter, and March oats down three and a half at 340 and a quarter. On the Merck, December live cattle down 72 cents at 166.97. January feeder cattle down $1.22 at 218.02. February lean hogs down 87 cents at 67.37. February pork cutout unchanged at 82.45, and Class 3 milk unchanged at at 1618. This has been a check of the opening markets on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network.